and welcome to a brand new Five Heart Podcast live on YouTube. And very excited for you to uh, be joined. Never mind. Oh. Very excited for you to be joined. <laughs> joining us this week. Uh, I'm Greg Mahashko. I'm your host. And uh, joining me is a different crotchety old man who doesn't take his clues. <laughs> Todd Wolverton. What's up, buddy? Not a whole lot, Greg. You, you know, you got to spell it out for me. I'm an old guy. That's, that, that's my fault. You know, that, no, that's that's fine. I blew it. That's too bad. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, the my my hombre John, he's uh, still fishing, and uh, so you know, I, I appreciate you asking me to jump in here. It's uh, I've always enjoyed uh, chatting with you and and sharing our love for the Cornhuskers and. Uh, it's been a while. It's been quite a while. Actually. Do you know? I'm looking for the the sheet of paper, but do you know the last time we did a show together? Mm-mm. God, I'm pretty sure it was right before we started doing this live, okay. and it was our uh, last episode before Nebraska Northwestern last year, where we were giving all of our our season our predictions, uh, our predictions. <laughs> and as we go down the list, and it's a uh, Nebraska Northwestern. Who is everybody like? Nebraska, Nebraska, and we get to. Uh, you know, some of the less obvious ones, and, and I'm still going Nebraska, and I picked us to go 12-0 and 0 last year. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> but that was, I think, the last time that we, we did the show together. Then you and, and John, after that Northwestern loss, you said, we need a, we need Monday Night Therapy. And so you spun <laughs> off of the uh, original, you, you uh, uh, Laverne and Shirley, uh, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, uh, and and not only not only is is it great to to see you here uh, live and, and in living color on a on a Thursday night as Wade Farr says Todd wearing Oregon Oregon green to get ready for next year I don't know if that's Oregon green um, it, <laughs> but Oregon has so, claimed to so many colors um, but not only is it is it an honor to sit here with you and converse with you but we have a very special guest. Uh, this week, uh, Todd, and I, I'm not going to uh, bury the lead. I'm just going to bring him in. Uh, and he, I've known those Chatterverse or not Chatterverse Chatterfield uh, crew who were with us last week. We talked about him, uh, and we excused his absence last week because uh, we all got our dates mixed up, uh, and he was spending time with his family, which I will always say, family first. But I have known this uh, guest for probably over a decade now as, as we used to collaborate and podcast together uh, on another Husker site. And then he uh, found gainful employment, I, I suppose, and, and uh, <laughs> didn't have time for us anymore. And, and on top of that, uh, in the meantime, he's gone on to make quite a name for himself uh, in, in the realm of the Internet. Uh, it is my pleasure to bring in my good friend, Brett Baker. Brett, what's up, buddy? Oh, good. Good to be with you, gentlemen, tonight. It it is truly an honor. Uh, you know, I shared this picture last week. I'm going to put it up again as a little refresher to you uh, of the the time that we actually met live and in uh, person. In 3D. There we and, go. And uh, I I, was, I think I was a few pounds lighter back then. Uh, yeah. But that was Nebraska, Illinois, back in uh, 2015. And I know yeah, that. Yeah, I think it was Mike Riley's first year. Yes. I think it was Mike Riley's first year, yeah. And Nebraska lost. Um, 
But yeah. I got that sweet uh, Nebraska hoodie that you uh, hand delivered from, from Lincoln <laughs> <laughs> that I still wear. Uh, it's still my go-to hoodie in the in the winter time. Uh, and go. and as I reminded the or, or maybe for a lot of them for the first time last week, I uh, told them that my wife there uh, it was uh, pregnant with our our oldest son, so he he took yeah. the game. Uh, that one was not as successful. And uh, eight days later, we saw the Steelers play the Rams in St. Louis, and the Steelers won. So he. You know, it in utero he was one and one as a as a burgeoning football fan. So. But uh, it, it's great to great to have you here, man. Because I know you're you're very busy, so we appreciate the time you're able to carve out for us. You well, hey, you know, and I'm happy to be here. And like you said, I apologize last week for some reason. You know, you wrote nine o'clock tonight, and my brain read nine o'clock tomorrow <laughs> night. Uh, and my mom, yeah, my mom was in town, and um, I uh, I took her to see the uh, day by day. Uh, the Rise documentary. So I got I got out of the documentary and I saw your text and I'm like, oh snap! I dropped the ball. All good, all good. Well, yeah. um, I, w- I want to jump right into it because I know that's been making the rounds around uh, uh, some of the movie theaters there in in the eastern Nebraska, Lincoln, Omaha area. So uh, day by day, uh, tell it. For those of us who are maybe outside of the sphere, I mean, I know just uh, tangentially a little bit about uh, this documentary, but uh, you know, tell tell the rest of us because my my go to Husker documentaries through these gates, uh, which is uh, uh, <laughs> a Ryan Tweedy production. But tell us a little bit about uh, day by day. You know, it focuses on the uh, the ninety three and the ninety four squads. Um, Really uh, great interviews. They got all the guys, anybody you'd want to hear from, they had them there, uh, maybe except for Christian Peter. But um, they, they've got some, like, one-on-one. They've got some some group st- setting stuff. Um, interviews, all awesome. The guys are characters. They're wonderful storytellers. Uh, and the video, archival video that they pulled out for this thing was fantastic. Um, it really made you nostalgic for – that era. I mean, those of us that were lucky enough to live through that era of Nebraska football. Um, as a film critic, if I could step into my film critic shoes, uh, I would say that the the beginning of the film is a little uneven. It kind of felt like the filmmakers found all their favorite 30 for 30 docs, which each have a kind of different style, which was the whole point of that series. Um, and they try to cram them all into the first 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little like, they needed to pick a lane, um, but I would say the last half of the doc, they really settle into it and they find a flow and they kind of find their footing. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you're a Husker fan and it's playing around you or if it's not going to be streaming, um, I would highly recommend it. Those are all just little kind of my criticisms, you know, film wise. But um, yeah, I, I, you know, well worth the price of admission. 100% would do it again. Do you know um, as far as it, it, its availability, VOD? Not yet. No, I just know that they, they opened it up into a few theaters in Lincoln, and that's all I heard. I, have, I assume, I mean, they would make a lot more money if, <laughs> you know, they made it available online because there would be a lot more Huskers outside of Lincoln than there are in. Um, and, yeah, that's probably where the real money is to be made for sure. Well, think about, you know, when whenever we watch a, a – a Nebraska game from Memorial Stadium. There's always that big banner in one of the ends that says like Californians for Nebraska. We know here in a few weeks, uh, the Minnesotans for Nebraska uh, group is going to have uh, a big, you know, uh, pregame 
uh, party there in St. Paul. Um, you can get more information on, on coronation because John's going to, uh, you know, he, he's, uh, uh, I say part of that, but he, you know, certainly has the information. So there are people all, it is Husker nation, right. And, and we're everywhere. So yeah, m- making it available, you know, putting it on, putting it on prime video for nine ninety nine, you know, something like that would, would absolutely would score huge, huge, uh, for, for whatever, you know, studio or the, the university, whatever, you know, production company made it. So. Yeah. It's, and I was made kind of head, headed up by a bunch of, uh, former, former Huskers. I know Josh Davis is part of it. Um, uh, and they've got some filmmakers, uh, who are obviously younger guys, but I don't know if they have direct Husker ties, but I know Josh was one of the guys who was heading that up. So it's kind of got that guy in hand. So I don't know. Yeah. They'd be, they'd be smart to like have a big viewing in Minneapolis the night before the game. That would, that would make sense. You know, they, they should get it out and maybe they're planning on it. So many small towns in Nebraska still have, you know, the, one screen theater in those towns. Absolutely. And I would really hope that that's part of their plan uh, to, to get them out in those theaters as well. That'd be well, pretty cool. And I know that's what Tweedy did with uh, through these gates is he took it on a tour, you know, and, and hit a lot of those small towns. Um, and you got to figure, you know, even if you get two or three of the main integral parts of, of that documentary, get them out, tell, tell the, tell the behind the scenes, the, the making of, the, the movie, you know, and, and, you know, gosh, we got, you know, eight hour, eight more hours with the uh, uh, Tom Osborne that we haven't even, you know, that, that's sitting on the the cutting room floor type of thing. I mean, there's, there, I'm sure there are a lot of stories to tell behind the story itself. Well, and so I think it, it's a companion piece. So I think this is part one and then mm-hmm. part two is going to be the 95 season and, you know, all, all that went on in 1995 uh, we'll see if they touch on all of that. Uh, I thought they probably glossed over it a little bit in the first back, but yeah, um, a lot more to talk about in those for the, from those teams for sure. Excellent. Well, th- thank you for you know telling us a little bit about it. It's definitely something I'm going to keep my uh, uh, eyes and ears open for again for for that VOD. I don't think they're worried about uh, the small smattering of, of Husker fans in Southern Illinois. Although I'm not the only <laughs> one. We've we've got a regular Chatterfield uh, on here who who's uh, always repping the six one eight with me. Uh, Todd Brian is confused or concerned. Maybe he says, "Wow, Todd twice in one week." <laughs> Brian, <laughs> after Monday night, Brian probably wants me to shut up. <laughs> You did a, a a solo act on Monday, didn't you, Todd? Yeah, I did a solo act. I, uh, you know, John, like we said at the beginning, he's he's taking a a long, a well deserved, long needed vacation, and uh, he's been on a boat, you know, chasing some fish and having a good time. Well, I thought, you know, he gave me a little crash course on how to run this thing and uh, do it, and then. Uh, I thought he had a partner lined up for me. Um, <laughs> that that uh, that uh, somehow got lost in communication. So uh, by the time I realized that I didn't have somebody coming, um, <laughs> yeah, it was too late. <laughs> it was so it it had a very. It, I could have been the partner, but I was at the Cardinal game uh, <laughs> across the river, and I remember I was getting out, and I, or maybe it was eight o'clock, something like that. And I, I messaged John. I said, Oh crap. Oh crap. Oh crap. He's like, what are you, what's going on? I said, I didn't say anything up for Todd or Andy or an, anybody else. He's like, no, Todd, got it. It's okay. Stop worrying. So he had faith in you, Todd. 
<laughs> well, the one thing I can do is I can talk. I mean, I can, uh, I can talk and I can talk. I, you know, it just reminded me of back in my teaching days when I taught seven out of eight periods and I'd way I'd go and they'd shut me up when the bell rang. So yeah, I can. Speaking I can of John. Yeah. Hey, I'm pretty sure that's him right there. <laughs> um, I, I, so from the documentary, uh, Brett Fred pulls this uh, quote, says Christian Peter wasn't prone to peacemaking, <laughs> uh, which is a Dr. Tom quote. Best quote in the doc? You know, there was a lot, um, and I need to see it, you know, more uh, times than one for that kind of retention. Um, but there are some good quips in there. And there are some guys in there who look like they could still suit up and go. Um, but, yeah, there's there's definitely – so that's a good one from from Tom for sure. And Fred also says uh, he bet John's on PJ Flex boat and calls him a traitor. <laughs> Damn. Uh, so this is to give you a little uh, get you up to speed here. Uh, our our online community here that joins us live every every week we call them the Chatterfields because our offensive coordinator's name is uh, Satterfield and it's just they're then chat and I coined it. And, you know, we've ran with it the best way. We'll say something completely innocent, and Fred, who I've, I've highlighted here, will take it and run with something completely off-color, usually <laughs> about our uh, former head coach, most recent head coach. So Yeah, I was gonna, yeah. you're going to have to be more specific than former head coach. We've had a we, few in the last <laughs> uh, 20 years. We, we've had quite a bit. Um so here we go. Here's another quote. Uh, I guess Fred saw the movie too. Uh, Foreman's quote about being poor but handing out beatings because that's all they had to give <laughs> was a good one too. So yeah, those guys are better at remembering lines than me. That's for sure. No, I can't remember lines from movies. I'm horrible with that. Well, in all <laughs> fairness, Fred saw the movie 14 times because. You know, <laughs> what else does Fred have to do? Huh? <laughs> he, he's he's got nothing else going on. Um, no, so I transitioning away from from the documentary, which, you know, Hey, if you got uh, more, more lines or more questions about it that you want to throw at us, don't hesitate. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, the biggest news to come out so far this week is the uh, reveal of the 2023 uh, alternate uniforms uh, from Adidas for that. Nebraska is going to wear in October. Um, uh, Let me just put up a picture here. Going back to, you know, 100 years of Memorial Stadium and going back to that first game in Nebraska-Oklahoma where apparently both teams couldn't wear red. Um, and, and so Nebraska, uh, being the nice people that we are, uh, we wore <laughs> blue, which seems really out of left field. And before I show the the picture, I, I think, uh, Brett, on Twitter, you had said, or, or X or whatever the hell it's called now, you Just had... Just call it Twitter. Perfect. Thank you. You had Give co-signed him a finger and call it Twitter. <laughs> you had co-signed an idea uh, from, I believe, uh, Fight Can Write. Uh, Dave that Fight, was yeah. Dave Fight to uh, you know Nebraska to go all blue. Now, before I show what Nebraska is going with, I gotta know: was that genuine, or was that just you stirring the pot? Well, uh, what that they my my take that they should like wear all blue, like mm-hmm. not, like Dave would say. Absolutely. Like, okay. embrace yeah. it. Like, be different. <laughs> I was on um, board know, with that, too. Yeah, it would be, it'd be jarring, but it's a real nod to history then, mm-hmm. as opposed to what we got this week. Um, and it's like, 
the thing everybody remembers about a good alt, which I think probably the only good one we had was when they celebrated that 1962 team. Uh, those were pretty good with the with the numbers high on the side of the helmet and Dominican Sue and Roy Hillou, uh making them look good. Um, but yeah, like make it stand out, make it make it so like you because I promise you, you will look at pictures from this game uh, against uh, Northwestern and you'll not know what year it was, you know, you're not going to know what year it was taken other than right. like if you recognize the players or whatever. But if you saw them in blue uniforms, you're like, oh, that was the 100th anniversary year. And that's the one that make a statement. And I think they just kind of whiffed on the opportunity to do that. Do, do you think that overall they, when we talk about these alternate uniforms and I know you've always called the all whites, the surrender whites, and you've always been, uh, no, I love the all white. Look. Oh, you I'm, do. I'm an all white fan. Mike, okay. Husker Mike calls them the surrender. Whites. Gotcha. Um, but you also <laughs> all like our uniform combinations have been surrender uniforms in the last <laughs> six years. So what are we talking about? Um, but you also have been a big proponent for all reds. Correct. Oh yes, that's that, and I've only seen it once. Nineteen eighty-six, when uh, Oklahoma came to Lincoln, um, and we lost a very tough one to Husker or Sooner Magic. Um, yeah, I would love to see like our actual uniform in the all red combo. They let some of the recruits uh, do it, like when they're taking those pictures they put on social media and stuff, but they've not done it in a game. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm living for. Is I want to see the all reds. Someday. I, I imagine that uh, as your profile uh, grows, uh, your following. <laughs> that, yeah, start, yeah, I'm uh, sure they're listening to me. <laughs> well, let's take a look at, at what, uh, and, and again, this isn't the full uniform, but this is what we've got to look forward to this October. Um, mostly the same. There's a blue outline around the numbers. And then what you don't see here is, I think my favorite part of, of the alternate uniforms is the white stripes uh, on the shoulders, but instead it's got the four quotes that, that uh, you see etched in stone around the four entrances uh, there in Memorial Stadium. Uh, you know, not, not the deed uh, in in the deed, the in the glory. Deed, the, yeah, That's not right. the action uh, in you. the game. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I need so, to see it in front of me. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I get it. It's subtle. Um, it's it's very. It, it's nice. I mean, you want you want something bold. Be bold. Yeah, make yeah. a statement. I mean, they've had some terrible alts, but at least you remember them. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it wasn't that long ago, and I don't remember you know the order or whatever, but we did have. You know, the alts where it was black. I mean, you know, the black jerseys and the helmets had the, you know, rather than the red trim on the helmets, it had the black. You know, I actually thought that was kind of cool, paying, you know, homage to the black shirt history. Um, When I, you know, same article that you, you know, put up there, when I read that in my mind, I thought, well, just instead of, you know, the scarlet and cream, just, you know, change it to the blue and just do a complete, uh, you know, for one game. And, you know, I'm a traditionalist with uniforms. A lot of people that know me, I, you know, I don't like black on Nebraska uniforms. It's not a school color. I've been opposed to that, but you know, the, the whole alternate uniform thing, the once a year thing, you know, yeah, go wild, go crazy if you want. And I thought it'd been really cool if they'd have gone with blue instead of red. Uh, Fred says, I don't mind that. Appreciate the idea of going with blue, but where Nebraska it's big red blue would just be weird. Bet John remembers those old jerseys. <laughs> That is one we do like to make fun of John's age. Uh, it would be weird. There's no doubt about that. 100% it would be weird. I remember a mock-up years ago 
really when when Oregon was embracing its you know numerous uh, combinations and there Phil was Knight's like, money they were embracing Phil Knight's money that too. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but there was one mock-up that we've never seen that it was it was the Oregon Duck uh, yes. in, in uniform. Uh, for so with that, I mean, I you see this one coming around every year when it in when alternate uniform uh, talk happens, and it's the little red. <laughs> yeah, no, that's and just I, embarrassing. <laughs> I and I I do not like little red. I think he's the worst thing, one of the worst things we've ever done. Uh yeah, Ugh, that's so bad, <laughs> so bad. It's like it's not even like something so bad it's good. That's not even there. That's just bad. Uh, Sam Roberts Golf, who's a, a a more recent Chatterfield, says, "Imagine we wear blue against Michigan. Everybody, uh, <laughs> go blue. Uh, that's that's the one where you actually make Michigan wear red. Yeah, that's right. And then you have all sorts of hell breaking loose. Um." So I don't know. It's the, the I've seen a mock-up. I, didn't you, you? You're pretty creative with Photoshop, right, Brett? Yeah, I did some stuff for Dave's article. That it was pretty cool. Uh, did, I liked did, how it looked. Anyway, didn't you do one years back? That is the the Nebraska state flag, kind of like that that Maryland type of of yeah, like, like over the helmet. Yeah, yeah. I like might have done one over the helmet. Yeah, I've, I've over the years I've played around with a lot of stuff. It's hard yeah, to keep yeah. it straight. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time has passed and a lot of sleep since yeah. then. So, yeah. um, living in Omaha, David Matney says uh, he also not a fan of Lil Red. Uh, sometimes our Chatterfields will ask about sacrificing Lil Red uh, to, <laughs> to, to put an end to Just walk behind him with a box cutter. <laughs> that would be the end of it. <laughs> And then uh, Fred says that Michigan should wear all yellow because they're cowards and bitches. <laughs> well, uh, we <laughs> bulletin board material there, Fred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I a, I don't think anybody from Michigan athletic department's watching us. Yeah, that's and, probably true. And two, I always go back to if you need to get fired up for a Big Ten conference football game. Is your heart really in it to begin with? Like you should be. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I just imagine, and and right or wrong, this is where my mentality is. Is as as fans, right? Uh, we we are pumped up from now to Black Friday, you know. And, and most of the last twenty years, we haven't had a whole lot of reason to look past Black Friday. <laughs> but um, you know, I just feel like we we keep our our energy, our our hype levels at here. And we're just watching. And if if you're a Division One college football player who is, you know, at, at the Big Ten level at a place like Michigan, which you know routinely puts players into that next level, and you need help to get up for, I mean, like, <laughs> like, look, if you're treating quotes on a silly podcast like Blue Chew because it needs you, it, it helps you get up, then. You're in the wrong sport. You need to go do something else. Fair, and you only get yeah, you only get one game a week. So I'm sure yeah, I'm sure Michigan does not need those bulletin board quotes. Uh, although I, they probably do use them with Ohio State because that's just a whole different level. Yeah, <laughs> I you know what, and, and, and I I hate 
both programs so much, but I hate Ohio <laughs> State just a little bit more. So when those two go. teams do play, I, I do tend to root for Michigan. So, but I, that's because I, I think my online circle has more uh, Ohio State fans than Michigan fans. And, and so I find them to be more obnoxious. I don't know. It's all about who, yeah. what, who and what you're exposed to. Fred, I'm going to stop you right there because I know <laughs> where your head's going. <laughs> uh, so we had this comment. You know, We're talking about alternative uniforms, but Brian uh, says, I think the bigger news is that uh, uh, Heinrich Harburg is out catching passes. Now, I hadn't seen that. Oh, I had not seen that either. I had a little clip. A uh, little video clip that showed up on Twitter. So, um, well, if Purdy's been stepping in and, and improving, like they say, Harburg is a hell of an athlete. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably one of those guys that if you need somebody in that receiving core, you need another body. He's athletic, and you know, you know, he's he knows he knows the plays. Give it a shot. You get him, get him some reps. Yeah. Wow, my cat just knocked over a light in my. Uh, place here that was awesome well you, you you have a particular affinity for cats and that's fine but we most of us know <sighs> that cats are evil <laughs> yeah alexa light off there we go <laughs> that. did that work well yeah turn the light off i'll have to fix it later but yeah uh so all right so this is a good question from sam roberts golf did we beat oklahoma when we wore blue Hundred years ago, I don't. Yes, they won. The, yes, they won the first game in Memorial Stadium in in nineteen twenty three, twenty five to nothing. It's okay. Then we wear blue. There you go. Right? Maybe we just change it. It did make the Creighton people happy. <laughs> Those guys. Oh. <laughs> the Jaskers, like, oh great, I can wear whatever. You'll be like, I'll match this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I I do feel like. You know, I mean, that's that's a fun question, Sam, but but the game has changed a little bit in 100 years. And what I really liked about that, uh, I guess, reveal video is they got some families who have been, you know, longtime season ticket holders. Uh, that was really like, cool. I thought hearing their stories and, and, you know, getting getting grandparents or maybe great grandparents to, to share their stories with the, the younger generations was was really well. I, I'll say this. And, and Todd, I know that that early on you were not a huge Trev Alberts fan, uh, but I think what he's doing in in the athletic department is, is all seems to be the right steps. Yeah, I I mean I still hate Trev Alberts as a as a individual, um, but as a person um, can't stand him. But there is no doubt, no doubt, he's. You know he's he's firing on all cylinders. He's made really good decisions. He's running the athletic department very well. You know, as as far as I'm concerned, um, you know what he's done at Nebraska since he's arrived uh, has moved the athletic program forward. Um, you know, and and you you kind of look forward to hearing what he has to say. And I know that. Uh, he got a little bit of national attention this, you know, in the last few days about his uh, forecast of the future of college football, which, you know, is shared by many people. It's not an original idea of a quote unquote super conference or whatever you want to call it. But, um, 
Yeah, I, I've got no qualms. There's Trev Alberts has done nothing at Nebraska that uh, I have any qualms with. But um, I think he's a horrible human being, and um, I uh, I will I will never I will never say I like Trev Alberts. He um, goes without saying he he ruined the best sport that uh, the University of Nebraska Omaha had, and he did it like a coward, and. Um, Nothing can happen that will ever change my opinion on that. Uh, Roger says that now that you're not hosting, Todd, the gloves are off. And Fred <laughs> says, uh, quote, I hate Trev too, coward for what he did to Coach Denny, but he's doing well here so far because his job depends on it. Yeah. See, Fred and I kind of relate on that wrestler level a little bit. So, uh, Did you want to elaborate on that or are you just – my brother used to wrestle Fred's, either his brother or cousin. So we've kind of got that connection. Did we know that going in, or we did not know that until Fred was in the, the chat room one time when uh, we were up there. Yeah, and one of my old wrestling nemesis shows up every once in a while too. And we rediscovered each other after we hadn't seen each other since we were in probably eighth grade. So. Yeah, we used to do battle. I don't know if you can have a nemesis as in eighth grade. I, I think pretty sure you have to have a driver's license before you can have a nemesis. Time out. Time out. <laughs> let, let, do you ever, Greg, Greg, mm-hmm. Greg, Greg, you know this better. What, what age level is absolutely crushed when their team gets beat? It is upper elementary and junior high boys, period. There is no other age group of fan that celebrates winning, but more importantly, suffers the losses more emotionally than young boys, period. And that's because they're so damn competitive and they and they it's that whole hero worship. Oh geez, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> I okay no I I understand what you're saying there but let's see I'm, I'm trying to remember eighth grade you're 14 years old uh 13 or 14 yeah 13 14 and now you you got to add another 60 years on top of that like let it go <laughs> oh we're we're buds I'm just okay. saying he was one of my former nemesis okay okay as long as that hatchet wasn't buried in somebody's skull. No, I mean when you do battle and you only you own a wrestling mat and you only win by a point or two, those are pretty hotly contested. I mean, you know, you got to get your, you got to sometimes you got to get your hate on. You know, you just you just. Have to. <laughs> uh, all right, so Dion asked an interesting question. Uh, since we we're gonna cycle back to the alternate uh, uniforms here real quick. Uh, says whose grandparents did Trev put in charge of the alternative jerseys? <laughs> he's not a fan. <laughs> Dion, I don't know if I don't know if you've been here the whole time, but uh, uh, Brett and, and and Todd were both advocates for all blue. So I'd be really curious, uh, Dion, to know in the comments what you think about uh, Nebraska donning all blue. Uh, as they did a hundred years ago when they, do you think serious question? Do you think if Oklahoma was a home game this year, that they would have rolled out the all blue? Well, that's something to contemplate. Well, it would have been, if 
Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah, that would have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, and Dave Fighter made a great point. He, he said we should do it against a school that wears red because that was the whole reason why we wore blue that day. Right. Because it was before, you know, white jerseys and all that stuff. Um, we didn't, you know, Oklahoma traveled with the one. So we said, okay, we're the home team. You know, we'll switch, which, like, it's kind of crazy to me. But Nebraska nice goes back a ways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that would have been a great time to do it. But, oh, ass. As I know, the last two, you know, meetings um... – Two years ago was the anniversary of the game of the century, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, you can't, I, I guess, if you're not in the same conference, you can't do back to back to back, like see Oklahoma three years in a row. That'd be crazy. <laughs> um, so going back to Nemesis, uh, Brian says, when it comes to wrestling and running, honestly, we compete against the same kids all the time. It's definitely a Nemesis thing if you're equally competitive. And, uh, uh, Fred says, I still remember a match I lost in eighth grade, but I made him bleed. So yeah, that guy, <laughs> um, and Wade wants to know if Todd still takes Geritol. Gerispeed, Wade, Gerispeed, Joe Schweibach's Gerispeed. Jeez, come on, Wade. <laughs> you, you, all right, type that in the comments, Todd, so he knows where, uh, uh, what what to ask for at the pharmacist? I think <laughs> Jerispeed. Right. I think Jerispeed died with Joe Schwieback. I'm not sure, but I think it did. You're too young, Greg, and you're not from Omaha. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're, you, well, I don't know about too young, but I'm not from Omaha. Back in the day, when uh, in the '70s, um, and they they filmed professional wrestling in the te- one of the television studios. I can't remember which one in Omaha, but they filmed, you know, the regional wrestling show there. And then they showed it, I think on Sunday mornings. I can't remember for sure. Yeah. But one of the, the primary sponsor was this huckster, this old guy with the slick back hair and the big collared suits and stuff. His name was Joe Schweibeck. And he was, panhandling his Jarrah speed, which was supposed to give you all of that energy that you'd ever need. And, you know, it was the pick me up. I mean, it was everything. Joe Schweibach's Jarrah speed. We, this piggybacks very nicely. Actually, uh, Roger asks if it was KETV channel three. I, it could have been, I, but, I, you know, I just know they did it in studio. They had an area uh, in the building where they filmed the matches, recorded them. We uh we talked about um, uh, Baron von Raschke last week, so it's kind of come full circle because we have Roger here. Say, yep, exactly right, Brett the Claw, <laughs> the Claw, uh, and the Ganyas. Uh, and the Nebraska eight, eight. football letterman, by the way. Yeah, he yes. was. And I read something, you know, when they kind of announced the new Hall of Fame class, the new Nebraska Athletic Hall of Fame class. Somebody advocated we need to get Jim Raschke in there before he's dead. You know, I mean. Yeah, he's still alive. He is. I know. And, you know, John tells stories about a conversation that he had with him one night. I met him at a Nebraska uh, wrestling banquet thing once and chatted with him, not nearly as much as John did. He is just he is a delightful man. And, you know, it would it would be awesome 
if they get him in the Hall of Fame so that he could, you know, savor and enjoy that, I think. For sure. The Baron will be 83 this October. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so will my dad. Time, time, is, time is running out. That sounds horrible. I didn't mean it like that. Dang, <laughs> dark. But, 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 okay, but dark. I mean, you know, statistically, he's got more days behind him than in front of him. I mean, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> you know, and, and just to give a shout out, because Roger Moore apparently is of my era as Dr. well. Sanguinary. Yes, Dr. Sanguinary. Oh, oh, yeah, he was the best. Oh, Freaked me out. I, I was terrified so as a kid, freaked. but I would watch every Saturday night. I couldn't. They didn't let me stay up that late. I just yeah, Greg. The, the, these were the heydays of local television production when making TV was fun, and they'd fire up some old horrible movie, and this guy put on this great makeup, and he had a dog ah, like ah, this. Was it yeah, uh, the the creature feature? Yes, maybe. Yes, yeah, that was it. And yeah, whatever movie they'd fire up, and yeah, I just remember being terrified of that guy. Uh-oh. Which is funny because by all accounts he was a sweetheart. So, <laughs> I mean, you you almost have to be right uh, to some extent to to do right. that kind of stuff. Play that up, yeah. So, uh, oh. I'm trying to find. I, I think I've got a, a picture of Doctor San here. I'm gonna, gonna <laughs> try throwing up. Make sure I get the make sure I got the right guy. Uh, bear with me. This is the fun part of doing things on on the fly. Is oh yeah, that's him. <laughs> yeah, that's him. There you go. And the the precursor, I'm guessing, to uh, Elvira, <laughs> although yeah, probably a diff- sure. different presentation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for but sure. Bad, Same bad, uh, bad B B grade horror movies that uh, yep. you know had 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 some local uh, person uh, bringing them in and out of commercial breaks and things like that. So I know yeah. we're getting off topic, but he was a tremendous fundraiser for Omaha and Nebraska as well. Like they would always have telephones, and that guy raised a lot of money for a lot of good causes. You're right. Yeah, that's true. I'd forgotten about that. Fred says creature feature was what our former HC found at closing time the last few years. <laughs> uh, that's right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fred, you go to open mic night. Do you do? Are you there for open mic, Fred? Jeez, I, you know please. what? I really think I. I think what Fred needs is is a, is a straight man to to set him up because that you know it. Not to say he's not clever, uh, but it's mostly it's just like riffing off of, of the things we say. So, um, and Josh Hansen says he looks like Uncle Fester and Harley Race had a child too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, all right, so we we have not covered nearly enough uh, Husker Husker stuff topics. <laughs> Um, walk down memory lane. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um, so let's talk uh, at least for a few minutes about volleyball, shall we? Yes. I mean, everybody here uh, is, is very proud of of the uh, Nebraska volleyball program, and the ABCA uh, preseason poll came out, and Nebraska uh, is uh, ranked fifth. Fair. And- yeah, I think that's probably where the. I think they need to feel good being ranked fifth. They, we've seen some uh, some shuffling around. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. There's been uh, Jordan Larson's on on the staff now. Correct. Yeah, she's not there right now. I think she's doing Olympic prep stuff or qualifying oh, gotcha. stuff. Uh, I don't but, think she's in town right now. But yeah, no. she is. 
she's joined the staff to be sure as a full-time uh, paid assistant. So, um, by the way, great write up. I, I'll say this, you know, as far as, as we all know that, uh, Dylan knocks it out of the ballpark as far as uh, Nebraska wrestling coverage goes. And then, um, uh, we have Beth, who does a terrific job with our, our volleyball coverage. Uh, and so great article over Coronation about this. Uh, but Maddie Kubik, Kenzie Knuckles, Caitlin Horde, Whitney Lowenstein, Nicklin Hames, uh, Annie Evans uh, are all gone right. from yeah. last year's team. Um, so there's, you know, that, no that, seniors that, on this year's squad. No that, five freshmen. Uh, Harper Murray, Bergen Riley, Laney uh, Choboy, Carolyn Juravicious, Andy Jackson, and a 6'4 junior transfer from Florida, uh, Merritt Beeson. Again, if you're like me and these are the first time you're hearing or reading these names, I really encourage <laughs> you to go to coronation.com and, and make sure that you're uh, following all the news that the best putting out there regarding volleyball. But, but it's going to be a young team, uh, but we all know, always know that John Cook just finds se- seems to find the the way to to get every ounce of their best out of his squads. So, well, well, Greg, I think this freshman class. You know, they always talk up the freshman class, but I I do think that this freshman class really is something special because of those five freshmen. I think four of them played on USA teams together that won you know, uh, an international tournament or two. And, and so they were very well acquainted with each other. And it sounds like they're very, uh, a very tight knit group. Um, I, you know, and, and reading the tea leaves, you're going to see those girls out on the floor, women out on the floor They're They, they are players and they're going to contribute to the success of this team this year. And uh, I think most people believe that uh, Bergen Riley in all likelihood will be the setter. Kennedy Orr has struggled with injuries <clears throat> a little bit. And I, I think, you know, you're, you're going to want that consistency. So I bet you're going to see a freshman setter. Big chance, big chance. And Harper Murray, uh, if you saw the, the spring game against Wichita state, that kid can not only jump out of the gym, but she has got a cannon for an arm. Uh, and she is going to tattoo a few players in the Big Ten this year, 100. percent But I think they're—I think they have a good mix of veterans and youth um, and that'll that'll balance each other out um, and bring some, you know, fresh air into the program. Um, but yeah, it's going to be exciting. And of course, I think the the thing everybody's keyed up for right now is just that that game on the 30th in Memorial Stadium. That's the one everybody's kind of looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I was just double checking that. Todd, I know you've got your ticket. No, I'm going to be in Minneapolis the next night. Uh, well, you can. I know. I'm driving up to Minneapolis Thursday morning. Come on. Yeah. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to actually be coming to Minneapolis from the north. We're finally going to take a little oh. a little vacay and get away. Um, Correction. So. You're finally going to go on vacation with your wife. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 What we talked about before the show is that she went on vacation with and left you at home earlier. Yeah. This summer. <laughs> yeah. She. Uh, she did. Although I did, uh, my son and I did spend ten days in in Colorado while she was gone. But um, yeah, um, you're right. I finally get to vacation with my world traveling wife. So. So MK says regarding volleyball, if they finish ranked fifth, then the next few years may be remarkable. Yeah. 
Could be. Could be was, setting was, up for big, big things. Was it that I did I see that they're slated to finish second in the Big Ten be, behind Wisconsin? Fine. That's a preseason pitch, yeah. yeah Which yeah. has been the way it's, you know, Wisconsin's been the leader in the back the last three years, so that checks out. There you go. Regarding a volleyball day in Nebraska, Wade says, Todd, just say seats are all sold out. Um, <laughs> the other reason I'm not going is because the seats are sold out. And- <laughs> Smooth. Yeah. Way, way, to, way to recover. Uh, yeah, so obviously volleyball day in Nebraska is uh, Wednesday the 30th. And two weeks from right now, uh, hopefully we're all celebrating. Uh, 7 o'clock kickoff, maybe it'll be two weeks and a few minutes from right now. Uh, But Nebraska kicks off the 2023 campaign uh, against uh, Minnesota in Minnesota, uh, getting getting the trophy game going. Uh, Brett, since, you know... I think I don't think we've ever had you on the, the show, and, and maybe definitely not in the live capacity. But uh, you're right there in the thick of things in Lincoln. Uh, what has been your take on these offseason champions that are Matt Rule and the Nebraska Cornhuskers? Well, first of all, it's it's been a total turning of the page, um, and I think you know we we've been through this enough. I think enough people are. Um, not fully drinking the Kool-Aid. I think there's more of a wait-and-see thing because we've all been here before. We were all sure the last guy was the guy. And I think that probably just snapped, you know, those those early preseason expectations out of everybody maybe for a while. But I think everybody is on board with what Rule's doing. They're on board with what he's saying. Um, They're on board with, you know, how the team looks and sounds. Uh, the proof is going to be, obviously, in the pudding. Um, Minnesota and P.J. Fleck have always put up a good fight since he's gotten into the league. Uh, but I do think there there is excitement. I think it's cautious excitement. I think it's like people put a little limiter on it because it's, it's tough. Like, shoot, last year I flew however many thousand miles it is to, to Ireland to see us gag up another one. I mean, it would have been one thing, like, if you get stomped, like, okay, we got stomped. It truly was Frost beating himself. Um, thankfully, right. the Cliffs of Moore and, you know, all of the scenery and the, and the people of Ireland more than made up for that game. But uh, I do think there are some limited expectations. Like, let's just see what happens on the field before we throw ourselves full in. And I'm glad that you mentioned – last year's Nebraska Northwestern game without mentioning that play, which we did not mention. <laughs> it's like the Voldemort of, of uh, plays from last season. Um, it, I got <laughs> Fred says, Matt rule is the kind of guy you can drop. I'm guessing in Boulder wearing bikini underwear and no toothbrush day later. He shows up poolside with Dion's foot and a million dollars. Jesus. Damn. <laughs> I hope so. I hope that's the kind of guy Matt Rule is. That'd be I, awesome. I I do make the mistake way too often of, of you don't like, read the whole thing. The, the the front end of Fred's uh, uh, comment it seems relevant, and then the back end he just gets you. <laughs> uh, now Dion says the rule has covered the spread seventy percent of the time at Temple and Baylor. I don't I don't get into like betting statistics, but yeah, I'll take your word for it, Dion. Um, and and Roger, I'm not addressing your last comment because it's too painful. <laughs> um, 
you mentioned not not you know some of it, a lot of us are putting that uh, inhibitor governor on our our Kool Aid drinking, and I have been saying for four months, this is the year. <laughs> and and John and the Chatterfields know uh, where Chatterfields John's not here. Chatterfields know where I'm going with this. I've been saying probably since April, maybe May, fifteen and zero. No, I can't. <laughs> so you, I, you've lost all credibility there. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, you, you can't lose something you never had. <laughs> well, fair. I did say we were going to go twelve and zero last year, uh, too. So I, you know, it's that uh, uh, eternal optimism. Uh, I, I'll, I'll just never, I'll just never say that that uh, we'll lose. Um, even when we get into, you know, that's th- fun to always, you know, I think probably uh, next week, maybe the week after, we'll say, you'll go down and say, all right, which one's a win, which one's a loss, blah, blah, blah. But then week to week is when we get into the nitty gritty and we do the scores. And I still never, like, say that we're going to lose. What's wrong with me, Brett? <laughs> uh, I don't know if anything's wrong. I don't think you can say anything's wrong with you. Um, I'm just you're probably not as pragmatic as some. Uh, you know, I, there's nothing wrong with, with unbridled optimism. Uh, and I don't think it ever hurts anyone. So there's no harm, no foul there. Um, but yeah, me, I, I take a much more pragmatic look at things. Um, plus if you, if you don't think they could win and they do, it feels that much better. Yeah. I'm still going to not change my approach. <laughs> uh, we talked Fair a little enough. bit about Boulder. You know, uh, that's where Nebraska will go um, week two, I believe. Uh, Wade says, what about Sanders yelling about his players not fighting enough? And then we saw the video that came out of practice where they're all pretty well fighting one another. <laughs> uh, I mean, is, is that – I feel like that's not – best coaching approach am i yeah right? i'm I, bill like i'm a big bill parcells disciple and he was and i was fortunate enough to cover a few cowboy camps when when bill was there and he is not a fan of fighting yeah. it's uh like look yes you get heated up um yes you know you want you want to win your your side of the line of the scrimmage but fighting in camp you're you're going against yourself really Right. You know, you're going to need that guy at some point in the season, and that guy's going to need you. Um, and especially with it, well, but I understand why Deion's team does it, because there's 70 guys who are just learning how to be around each other for the mm-hmm. first time. I mean, he he literally, literally, not figuratively, he literally gutted that program. Right. So you've got all these new guys, these new egos, uh, new ability, you know, everything is new, and they're trying to blend it together. Um because at least the you know Matt Rule got you know the the winter conditioning in the spring game and in the summer with with his guys, you know Dion's been pulling guys in from the transfer portal since since the spring game, so I don't know if that's going to be a winning formula for him. I hope it's not, uh, and I you know I love Dion as a player, but uh, yeah, I I just don't I just don't see how that works in D one football. Uh, living in Omaha, David Matney says, in regards to not fighting enough, he says, didn't we hear something similar last year on throwing up? Like, didn't, oh didn't my God, F- yeah, uh, right. HCSF say, oh, they're not throwing up enough, you know? Well, or Scott Frost was like, oh, the offensive linemen were puking six or seven times. Like, that was some kind of badge of right. uh, achievement. 
um, when it was really just a reflection of inadequate conditioning. So yeah, that kind of stuff. Who needs it? Uh, David also said a few moments ago, said the folks who watch on TV who are not exposed to all of Fred's comments are really missing out. Uh, <laughs> and, and David, I speak for myself and, and uh, my esteemed uh, colleagues here and Fred, probably when I say you're right, <laughs> they are missing out. Um, but I mean, it, it's it, at some point, yeah, whether you're, you know, competitive or you're trying to, you know, feel feel out your, your new teammates and, and figure out, this new roster. I mean, you, as coaches, you, you got to be able to curb that at, to some extent and, and, you know, keep that from spilling out in, in ways that are unhealthy. Well, I really liked what rule did with the, um, with a having the guys stay in the dorms together for two weeks during camp. I thought that was really smart. Um, and then B uh, having guys room with each other who would not necessarily pick right. each other to room with. Um, that's the way you build bonds and that's the way you bridge, you know, divides that just naturally exist between, you know, a hundred and, you know, 20, 30 some odd guys. If, um, I yeah, say, if I may, that's how you remember the Titans. Well, <laughs> I, and, and, you know, that just kind of is on top of what I was thinking as well. If, if you're not doing everything you can to pull a team together, you know, then, I don't know how you're ever going to get where you want to go because division division never gets a team anywhere. And you got to be pulling the same direction. Exactly. And, and you know, that fight, like most, well, that fight out of Colorado, which little I saw in the clips, you know, that was pitting the offense against the defense. And, you know, I don't understand, you know, some of those programs and there, they exist in college football. Where you know the deep, there is a rivalry. There, I mean, more than rivalry. I mean, there is dissension between the offense and the defense. And you know, defense is pissed off because the offense didn't put enough points on the board or, or or whatever. You know, you can't have that and have a successful team. So, um, yeah, I I will take the rule approach over the Sanders approach any day, any day just seems like it's the approach of someone who's been there before and done it before, you know? Right. Um, and I, he I, has. I, I mean, that's I the one thing we can definitely say about my role. He has been there and done that. Yeah. And I mean, I know this isn't Dion's first head coaching job, but what just a handful of years down at Jackson state. And, and right. this is the one with the, I mean, as a coach, I mean, that's a much bigger profile and, and a much different element. And, and I don't know, um, so we got this comment here from Cornhusker Corner, by the way. Check out their show as well. Uh, my Colorado fan friend told me, quote, no way that stadium is red this year. I say it'll be 80% Colorado fans, 20% Nebraska. Um, and then he, he comes back and says, when will they stop doubting us? Uh, rough guesstimate, you know, uh, Todd, we'll start with you, about how much of that per, uh, uh, stadium you think is going to be red percentage-wise uh, come that game, Nebraska-Colorado? 50 plus. Brett? I say 60 40 Colorado. I think it'll be better in their favor than last time. Last time they were, they just got swamped. And, you know, the one thing about last time is not only did they sell their tickets at a, you know, very inflated price to a lot of Nebraska fans, they got to enjoy the W. So it was like they got the last laugh twice. Um, 
I think this year they'll probably be a little more interested and excited. What happens against TCU will probably go a long way uh, determining what they do with their tickets during the week between those two games. Uh, Because if they get blasted by TCU, which is a all very likely possibility, um, then maybe they're not as fired up, but it will be their first home game. It will be Dion's first home game. So who knows? Uh, But I do think they do underestimate (laughs) Nebraska's, Nebraska fans' willingness to part with their money for for a seat of real estate in that in that stadium. Yeah, Josh says uh, after TCU hangs fifty on them, Colorado fans will be selling their tickets. Very um, well, could be the case, it, and it could be. Uh, look, it's a it's a tall order for Colorado to go up against uh, TCU. TCU was just in the uh, college football playoffs last year. Certainly didn't go the way they wanted to, but they. Had a they hell of a game. A championship. I mean, they got you know they got there, right. and and they beat um, Michigan right on the yeah. way there. Yeah, soundly. So, yeah. So I mean, it's it, the bloom could be off the rose before Nebraska ever steps foot in Boulder. You know, um, and the, and the same could be true for us. We just don't know. Right. Yeah, it could happen too. <laughs> Pragmatic, Greg. <laughs> yeah, uh, Fred says we'll still uh, we'll have slightly better number crowd wise in Boulder. Then we'll kick their ass and drink red Kool Aid and maybe margaritas out of Dion's cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> that so does, I would pay to, That would I would pay for that one. Yeah. Does Dion wear the cowboy hat on the sideline? No. We'll find out. He certainly didn't do it in Alabama. Yeah, I. Or I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the sideline with that. White cowboy hat and shades. You think he's gonna try to uh, race uh, the the buffalo, the, the bison, out on the field? <laughs> uh, not in his on his one and a half feet, probably yeah. not. <laughs> uh, Josh also says Dion's message last week. Uh, I don't care about culture. Don't even care if they get along. Then they fight, and he yells, uh, "If one of them is fighting, we all fighting. Why fight for someone I don't care about?" That's a good point. You know, if they don't, you know, if, if his message last week is, I don't care if they get along, uh, but then they're fighting. Like, it, it, it's a good one. Why would you step in and, and fight for somebody that you didn't give a crap about? I don't, that, that's a good question by Josh. I don't know. I, I still think it, it doesn't do your, your team a whole lot of good in the end. Uh, yeah. what, what happens if somebody, you know, one of your guys you're dependent on, you know, breaks a thumb? Or, you know, is, has an injury that knocks him out. Um, you know, yeah, that could happen when you're running a regular play, but that's what you, you're there to do is run a regular play. You're not there yeah. to spar with each other. And if somebody goes out with one of, an injury in one of those, then, you know, it's self-defeatist. Well, let's uh, get to, to wrapping things up here. Just a couple more things. Uh, Wade says, it's been so long, but what is the Minnesota-Nebraska trophy? Well, that's the $5 and Bits of Broken Chair trophy that started uh, as an internet gag between Fopolini and uh, Goldie Gopher, and it's still a you know one of my favorite trophies in college football. Beats the hell out of the Heroes trophy. Well, and it's the one that won't die. Sean Eichhorst took the original and did something with it, Nobody knows where it ever went to, so they rebuilt it uh, to the exact specifications of the first one, um, and it's the only one the fans really care about. Right. Yep. Uh, you know. Uh, yeah. And I just, I, I would, I would love to see both universities embrace it because I think the players on both sides already do. I think they dig it uh, as much as the fans do. 
I would love to see the administrations embrace it as well, because the guys who are running that charity, uh, you know, are doing a great job for folks in Minnesota and Nebraska and should be recognized for such. 100%. It is not some put up commercial bullshit. You know, I mean, it, it, it very organic. I, I love it. Uh, and the, uh, Charity on Nebraska side, of course, is Team Jack, and I believe it's the University of Minnesota Children's Hospital or something like that. Yep, I think you're right. So, might not have the exact wording, but uh, yeah, and, and basically, you can go to um, was it a chair trophy or something like that, or five dollar bit. Yeah, find find it on on just Google five dollar uh, bits of broken chair trophy. Go to their website, make a donation. Uh, your donation is it goes to help Team Jack, uh, and then. All we have to do is win the damn game. That's all we got to do. Let's go. And truth be told, that's not even our responsibility. We, we just have to <laughs> watch the game from wherever we will be watching it from. Um, I'll be watching it from Illinois. It sounds like both of you will be watching it from Minnesota. So, You know, it's the one thing I've learned in the last few years that um, if fans could win games, Nebraska would not be where Nebraska is. Uh it was – I was in Colorado in, in 2019. That was an amazing day uh, all the way up to the point where he walked an injured walk-on punter out to try a 43-yard field goal in overtime. Uh, and I was in I was in Dublin last year, and just the sheer number of people who were, who were there, before, you know, before the game, celebrating, and then in the stadium, exhorting the team, pulling like every ounce of energy – if fans could win games, Nebraska would be in a much different place. So no matter what has happened on the field, off the field, you know, our fans are the best. Uh, they're why we are still relevant. Um, they're why Nebraska will always be a part of the conversation. And so I hope that they uh, have a little something more to cheer about when, um, when when the Huskers come home for that first home game, too. And they're 2-0 uh, taking on Northern Illinois. Brett, uh, Roger says, great office. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, so, funny thing. So, like, all the Big Ten helmets I have, uh, when I was living in San Antonio, I was good friends with the vice president of the Alamo Bowl. And when they left, they dumped the Big Ten for the Pac-12, uh, I said, hey, what are, you, what are you doing with all those Big Ten helmets? And he was like, I don't know. I guess they're sitting in storage. So, for a mere $100 donation to the scholarship fund, I got all of the, the Big Ten helmets to complete the collection back there, and I've had to add to it with um, uh, Maryland and Rutgers, of course. And then uh, last year I've already bought UCLA's, USC's, <laughs> and today today I found an Oregon one and got a score on that. So now I'm just, I have to uh, uh, update and get the, the Washington one. This is my last one left. But who knows if they'll even be the Big Ten in five years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then uh... – Living in Omaha, David Matney says, sometimes it's fun to watch Ted's face when he hits a funny Fred Sacco comment in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can't uh, you, you can't keep a straight face a lot of times uh, with Fred's stuff. So um, let's see here. Roger Moore says, sink the boat. We all agree. Um, yep. And we got to harken back to much earlier in the conversation, but Fred says, I don't watch other teams videos, but I still think ours are the best, uh, far as, as production values go and emphasis. Um, a lot of, a lot of schools out there, you know, have, have media departments, things like that. But to Fred's point, I really do think, you know, 
from from concept to execution, I really do think that that what Nebraska does is is some top notch stuff. And and Brett, that's really your world. Yeah. Well, you know the um just yesterday I saw a clip. They did players impersonating their their position coach or or head coach Matt Rule, and that was so good because. A, you got to see some of the guy's personality, which is always a winning play. Um, but B, like, you got to see him kind of like exhort, you know, needling each other on, you know, come on, do it, you know, and are laughing with each other and having a good time. And the vibe of that video was really good. Like, you felt like, okay, these guys are, you know, yeah, there's a lot of pressure. They know the spotlight's big, but they're still loose and they're still able to have some fun. And I thought that was a really well-produced video. And, yeah, I mean, the University of Nebraska guys do a tremendous job. Um, and it's, you know, something that you can't be you can't be last at anymore. It's an important part of, of the whole deal. And, you know, I think one of those things that gets equal attention paid to it, and, and they do well with it. Todd, any final thoughts uh, before you take a few days off and come back Monday night with more therapy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, I guess my thoughts, I'm, I'm ready for the season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, I don't, you know, I'm not one of these guys that hangs on every story in the, the off season, uh, maybe more so because I've been, you know, supporting coordination here, but um, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to watch him tee it up. I'm looking for a high school game to go to tomorrow night. I'm, I'm thinking about running down to Bellevue and watching Bellevue West take on Creighton prep. Um, yeah. I, I, I got to see some football. <laughs> Brett? Yeah, I'm with him. Um, it's it, We've talked about it so much over the last umpteen years mm-hmm. and, you know, the angst and the gnashing of teeth, um, the will they, won't they. Um, a, it's it's nice to have a positive vibe. Uh, I, I, I don't think that everyone, even like last year, I don't think everyone felt 100% positive going into the season except for maybe you, Craig. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I think everybody is, is yeah, let's let's stop talking. I don't want to talk. I know the players don't want to talk. The coaches don't want to talk. They're, I think the fans are done. You know, we've heard it all. Like, and we've asked all the questions. Now it's time to play some football uh, and play some volleyball. I'm excited for both of them to get started. Um, but, yeah, let's let's go. I want to I see them strap it up and, and get after it up in Minneapolis. I, I'll uh, kick myself uh, for an entire week if if I don't at least uh, bring up the subject that's right there in the headline that I completely forgot. We got alternate uniforms coming in October. Black shirts. I haven't seen any mention of the black shirts. I haven't seen many of the fans clamoring for the black shirts. Um, are we trusting? I'll tell you what, I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. okay with that. I, I think those, those have to really be earned on the field. It's different when you have guys like – a uh, Grant Wistrom and a Jason Peter coming back, uh, you know, you're like, you know, in Jay Foreman, you know, those guys have earned it. Um, I don't, you know, what, what have our guys earned? Um, they, they had a nice win to, uh, against Iowa to end the season and that buoyed a lot of people's spirits, but I think you got to earn them on the field we're at the point in the program where handing them out before the season to me, I don't think it sets the right tone. I think you go earn those, by, by stepping on people's throats and, and keeping those scores down and playing defense the way that Nebraska fans expect our defense to play. Todd? I think that's a good idea. I, I would support that 100%. I've, I've always taken the approach of, you know, yeah, you you got to earn them. Um, 
they don't necessarily need to be handed out before the first game. Uh, let them let them get you know past uh, uh, Minnesota, Colorado, Northern Illinois, uh, however long it takes. You know, like like you said, Brett, to to put the boot uh, on on the throat. Do have that style of of play that Nebraska fans really long for, which is dominant and and uh, maybe not you know shut out, but definitely shut down. Uh, and and you know, be the defense that we all miss. And then here's your black shirt. Here's your black shirt. Here's your black. so yeah. I'm fine with it. Um, that it just it's weird that we've gotten this far into it. We're two weeks away from the first game, and I haven't really seen much on online about where are they. Which I I think maybe maybe we're all thinking the same thing. You know, like a time and a place, and and we're just not there yet. So. Um, well, and you know, Matt. Matt said here the focus is on like you want a single digit, you got to go out and earn it. Yeah. And um, uh, I, you said earlier that uh, Nash Hutchmacher got the number zero, which uh, if you ever saw um, when Harry met Sally, there's a scene in the movie when Harry's talking to his buddy, and uh, he's talking about his ex-wife, you know, moving all the stuff out of their apartment, and he goes, "Yeah, the moving guy was wearing a shirt that said don't f with Mister Zero." <laughs> and I got a feeling that if Nash, you know, plays the way we hope he can play, you might see some don't F with Mr. Zero t-shirts in Memorial Stadium. I know I would wear one. Yeah, that's great. And and I also like the uh, the nil gig that he got with SOS HVAC. Um, you know, what's yeah. the coldest uh, thing? You know, the, the polar bear. So uh, good, good play. Good, <clears throat> good uh, of them, too. <clears throat> Move on. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, so excellent. Well, that uh, that pretty much wraps up. Next week uh, for for all of you Chatterfields, as a reminder, I'm not going to be here uh, as I'll be on the East Coast uh, for for work for a few days. Two weeks from now, we'll be celebrating Nebraska's win over Minnesota. So that week's show will be on Wednesday night, uh, nine o'clock Central. Uh, it, it's the only time zone that matters really. It's God's favorite time zone. Uh, so, so we will see you, uh, I'll see you back here in two weeks. That's when we'll do our season predictions. Of course, get you all, uh, keyed up for the Minnesota game. And, uh, uh, John will be right here at a fever pitch. Uh, and, and I would be remiss if I didn't remind you, even though John's not here, maybe I will. Oh, here we go. <laughs> if you haven't yet, go to Amazon, get John's book, Ben Dead, Never Been to Europe. Um, Brett, anything you'd like? What's that? Yeah, I bought and read it myself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brett, anything you'd like to plug? No, I just think, you know, um, we're all excited. I think everybody believes in Matt Rule and what he's doing. Um, I think everybody's going to be behind all the guys, you know, like they always are. But um, I think there is some renewed sense of optimism even even after all that the fans have experienced in the past six years. And I think that's a good thing. Um, so I'm ready to, to, to feed into it and, you know, get this thing rolling. And, Todd, I think next week is supposed to be Iowa Bash Week uh, over <laughs> on Monday Night Therapy. So uh, yeah. Wade wants to know if there's a limit on the Iowa Bash coming up. Um, I don't know how active the FCC is with podcasts. They're not. Um, they're not? All right. Then. Yeah, no. Um, my, my guess is, Hey, you know what? John's in charge. So, you know, wherever John draws the line, I, I'm going to, well, guess. we know the Iowa athletes know what the over under is on it. So they probably <laughs> have some action going. Oh, <laughs> uh, and I'm get I'm, I'm guessing they're betting the under. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, 
Chatterfield, it's a great. Thank you for uh, joining us. As I remind you about every week, we know that you have a lot of entertainment options on a Thursday night at nine o'clock central. We appreciate you spending your time with us. So for our esteemed guest, uh, really in, in good Lord, Todd, did you do that? <laughs> Sorry. I, I broke, I broke your flow. <laughs> I'm more worried about you trying to breathe over there for, uh, for my good, my good friend and our esteemed guest, Brett Baker for uh, Todd Wolverton stepping in as the uh, not so crotchety old man, uh, we, which means we really do miss John. Uh, I'm Greg Mahachko. This is the five heart podcast where we remind you each and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. Todd. Go big red.